0: the Royal Australian Air Force in person, 1921 to 2021. Ad Astra Aviator. (laughs) This is a series of podcasts recounting the personal stories of veterans and their families. The narrator is Gareth McRae, OAM.
1: Well, today at Fighter World, it is my pleasure to talk to somebody who actually gives me permission to talk to all the other people we've talked to, which while I explain in just a moment, if you are listening for the first time and you're listening on a podcast and you're still at school or you're at university and you haven't actually made a decision as to what career to follow... I would ask, even though I'm not in the Defence Forces, I would ask that you consider the Army, the Navy and the Air Force as a possible career because it can help you in so many ways apart from making you a a better person. The lady I want to talk to today uh, was at school. Uh, She graduated from school back in 2011, matriculated from high school uh, and she chose eventually the Air Force as a career. She's now a flying officer. Uh, She, in is in what was once called an admino office but she's now a pco which she's going to explain and her name is bronman marchin bronman nice to have your company
2: thank you so much for having me why (laughs) did you join the air force Uh, so uh, initially when i was in school um, i didn't really know what i wanted to do and um, I initially went on to university, like most people did. Um, I was studying finance and I was halfway through my degree and thought, you know what, this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I made the decision then to um, look into Air Force.
1: What were yeah. your strengths in year 12, 11 and 12? What were, you, what were your subject choices?
2: Uh, so I was actually doing physics and maths, uh, which both were very desirable for Air Force. I thoroughly enjoyed both of those um Subjects. Yeah, and apparently was quite good at them. So I actually majored in physics and maths um, while I was in college. What was your ATAR? Uh, I don't remember at the off of my uh, at the top of my head. Uh, it was well, good it, enough to get into uni. It got you into uni. So it got you into finance. <laughs> it <was> nothing impressive. <laughs> well, with
1: a physics and maths background though, and choosing finance at the university, yep. what what was the turn off with finance?
2: I was actually working in finance at the time. Uh, I loved the company I was working for. Really enjoyed what we did working in suicide prevention but the actual day-to-day work of finance just wasn't for me wasn't enough excitement Uh, I was actually working one day uh, in the office and where we were based we were near the airport and I was sitting there one day looked up saw a KC-30 flying into the Canberra airport and I thought that's what I want to do that is where the excitement is
1: (laughs) seeing the plane fly why Mm. did that turn you on to to aircraft
2: Uh, I loved the sound of them as silly as that sounds I loved hearing the planes fly over I'd get so excited. I'd sit there, look out my window every time I would hear a plane fly over. Um, when I was 18, I actually did two um, joy flights in a um, Satibria aircraft and um, just enjoyed it, thought it was the, this is the best thing ever. This is before and, you joined correct, the... Correct, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So growing up and um, that was where my passion for flying and subsequently Air Force started.
1: You're at uni still and you see the aircraft and that mm. turns you on to wanting to join the Air Force. So, so what were the steps? How did you go about it?
2: Uh, so I literally, as I was sitting there, saw the KC-30 flyover, logged onto uh, Air Force webpage, was looking through... Immediately. Immediately. As I was sitting there, saw it. I, went, I wonder what that aircraft is. I was looking at the um, Air Force page, looking at the different aircraft, and down the bottom there was a link uh, to um, join us now. So I clicked onto that and signed up for what was called a U-session with Defence Force Recruiting and applied. And a few days later, I was booked in for a session to see how I would go in the military.
1: So much for the uni course.
2: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Did
1: you ever finish a uni course?
2: No, I didn't. So by that stage, I was about two years through a four-year degree. uh, And I made the decision then that I would take some time off. So I actually deferred for six months uh, just to figure out what it was I wanted to do. So I was at a bit of a... um, crossroads where I thought, do I continue on with this degree I've already committed two years of my life to? Um, Which I knew at that stage that it probably wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm. So it was a tricky decision. Uh, Over those six months, I thought long and hard about it. And I decided that rather than spending another two years doing something I wasn't necessarily enjoying or wanting to pursue, that I would pull the pin uh, while I could and look at other options. So it was a hard decision, but very You strike me as the kind
1: of person who has a vision, makes a decision, and follows it through. So Mm -hmm. you obviously got all the right ingredients Mm. for an RAAF officer. (laughs) Um, All right, you've joined. You're now in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. Um, There are many paths you can take within the Air Force. You can ground crew, you can be a mechanic, you can be a pilot, you can be whatever. What was your dream and why?
2: Uh, So my dream was to fly, so I, I did want to be a pilot, uh, unfortunately, through the recruiting process, it became apparent to me that that wasn't possible. Um, but by that stage, I knew that I still wanted to be part of the Air Force. It was still a work environment that appealed to me. Um, so
1: Stop. Yeah. What appealed to you? When you say appeal to you, why? Yeah, what?
2: yeah, so I guess the camaraderie of Air Force and my whole way through... The recruiting process. Um, everyone was so friendly and kind and just had this instant um, appeal that you were joining something amazing. So I thought, I want to be part of that. No matter how it is, that's what I want to be part of.
1: Right, okay. Uh, you said you wanted to be a pilot, but there were reasons that you couldn't be. What mm. were those reasons? Are you able to share yeah, that with us?
2: Yeah, so unfortunately, I have mild asthma, and throughout the process, uh, it became apparent that that was enough to affect my ability to be be able to join as a pilot, Mm -hmm. um, which was obviously disappointing, but it didn't affect my decision to join the Air Force. I was still very much keen to be part of the Air Force.
1: Okay. All right. So, that door closes. Mm -hmm. That must have been mildly disappointing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was at the time. Um, I obviously had put a lot of time and energy into wanting to be a pilot and and pursuing that. Um, So, it, it was a bit of a hit at the time. Um, but I was very excited that I still had opportunities in the Air Force. It wasn't a closed door completely. It just limited uh, what positions I could apply for. So how
1: did the RAF open doors to other possibilities for you? Mm. What was the process of, oh, I can't be a pilot, but what was the next step?
2: Yeah, so during that process, um, when I went through what we called the U session, I actually had a print-off of all the uh, the jobs I could apply for and... um, through that sort of process of elimination, obviously I couldn't go pilot or a few other aircrew jobs um, were off the table. Um, but PCO was, um, or personnel capability officer, was one of the jobs that came up. And that interested me based on my background. I had worked in finance um, previously while I was at uni. I was working part-time. And I had experience in an office environment managing people in a um, human resource space. Just
1: tell me what the um, criteria are for a PCO person. You've you've said what the initials stand for, but what's the job description?
2: Yeah, so essentially it's you're one of the unit executives um, at a squadron or unit, and you provide support to the executive team, um, including the commanding officer. So whether that be um, interpreting policy to help with decision-making, or you manage the budget, um, so obviously my financial background um, assisted with that, um, and you also take care of people from a welfare perspective as well. Um, So you look after the unit welfare, uh, provide advice and, Support to the unit members as well. Okay, yeah.
1: that you're in the youth section. The door to being a pilot's closed. PCO, you choose now. Obviously, you after nine years in the RAF, mm-hmm. you now you've advanced in that. Well, but what are the steps leading up to where you are now? What was it like when you first? All right, I'm in PCO. What do I do?
2: Yeah. So. Um in terms of um, the recruitment process, one of the items was um, to have a degree, which, of course, at the time I didn't have because I had pulled out of, out of uni. Um, so... Um, going through that, I did justify, you know, that I had the experience and whatnot to get sure. through. Um, so obviously once I got to the unit, uh, I learned a lot about what the actual job was and um, how to manage people, uh, how to supervise uh, members. And then going from there, I did initial training. Um, and that was a, I think it was, a, I believe, a seven-week course where we learnt much a, about what our duties actually are.
1: Mm. Yeah. What have you got to have in... You talked about managing mm. people, even yep. in your role, what have you got to have inside as a male or a female mm. to be able to successfully manage people and get the best out of them what you want out of them? What. What sort of ingredients does that make?
2: Yeah, that, that's a good question. I think uh, from my experience, i found having compassion for people can go take you a long way. Uh, so giving people the time of day when they come in and, and talk to you about a problem, often it is quite personal. So I think having compassion, you know, simple things like turning away from your computer and actually engaging with those people really goes a long way. But then you also need to be quick at decision making. So if your commanding officer comes in and asks you a question, you need to be able to give him reliable information and have done your research. Search,
1: and you know. what about if you give the wrong information? What does that make you feel like? You, you um, must, we all make mistakes.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We all make mistakes. Um, that can be challenging when you make a mistake. And I certainly have made many mistakes. Uh, but it's just having uh, the – the compa- I suppose being able to own up to your mistake and say, you know what, did make a mistake. Let's move on. Um, this is the correct information or this is what we should do going forward. So yeah.
1: admitting the mistake yes. rather than hiding the mistake is – is a leader is a leader quality that one should have?
2: Absolutely, I, I definitely think so. Yeah.
1: yeah. What have been the challenges in your early years as a PCO that you may be able to legitimately relate now without yeah. breaking any secrets?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I obviously went straight into the job. Um, I didn't actually have the degree, um, so already felt a little bit disadvantaged in some way Uh, and when I posted into my first unit I didn't actually have uh, I hadn't completed the initial training so for PCO quite often you'll post in following your initial officer training and a few weeks or a few months in my case down the track you do your PCO initial training Uh, so the biggest hurdle for me going into it was actually being able to admit I don't know something and I found that very challenging to sometimes turn around when people would ask for advice or ask for information sometimes I'd feel almost embarrassed to say I didn't know the answer or I was only new uh, so my advice I would often say I'll find out for you and that does the job but yeah. on a few occasions I would find that sometimes it would actually be better to call up someone and ask for a bit of help or um, to be honest with someone and say oh I, I don't actually know the answer to that i will find out for you that definitely goes a long way that
1: really good politicians mm. really good politicians who have that capacity to say to a, a journalist look i i don't have that information right now but i will get the appropriate person to come back to you or i will find out and come back to you Absolutely. that is a good that shows the person is sincere yeah and, as long as they follow up, absolutely, as long as they absolutely, do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. and I think that's the important thing to follow up. When you do tell someone you're going to find some information for them, is to actually find that information and pass it on to them.
1: How has the AWEF taken you all over Australia? Has it taken you anywhere else other than Williamtown?
2: Uh, not yet. So I my first posting was in Sale. So I finished my initial officer training in Sale, um, and was posted to Central Flying School, also in Sale. Um, so my uh, career hasn't taken me too many places yet. I was fortunate enough to go to um, RAF Base Edinburgh in Adelaide with the Roulettes in the end of. 2019 Mm. uh, for the air show over there and so that was an amazing experience i was so excited to get to travel with the roulettes and get to be part of an air show Um, but of course i haven't been able to do too much travel in the the recent years but my current job now will definitely take me around australia
1: I'm very mindful in talking to Brahman, if you're listening and you're not in the RAAF, that it really is perhaps of all the defence organisations that you should think about joining because of the technology involved and the advantages involved, etc. But listening to what Brahman is saying, this is a person who's only been in the Air Force for nine years, technically straight out of high school, uh, Yes?
2: Sorry, three years I've been in the, the Air Force. Three years. Three years. Sorry, it's
1: nine years <laughs> since she left school, Correct, I should yeah. say. And only three years. She's already a flying officer. She's working as a PCO. She's in the RAAF, and you can hear from the enthusiasm in her voice that it really is a, a career that you should consider. Um, I've got, someone told me that PCO used to be called Admino
2: correct
0: Wh- yeah
1: what was that and why did it change
2: so that was before my time admino you know, um but my understanding is that it was a uh, separate job so you were in charge of an orderly room and you and you managed administration of the the unit um, but um, over a series of events, um, members were taken, um, would, would sort of take responsibility for their own administration. Sure. And so the position actually transitioned to more of a human resource um, command support position. And subsequently, it came with a name change. So okay. a lot of the adminos transitioned to PCO. So
1: former adminos are now PCOs. Correct, yeah. yeah okay, yep. that, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I, I, t- again, let's go back to that person who's listening. How would you encourage a person to join the RAF? Someone, a previous interviewee once said to me that um, they joined because when they were at school, the RAF actually came along and spoke mm. to the student body. Um, when I went to school, that didn't happen for sure, and I don't know whether it still happened. So... You're now an ambassador for the RAF. What would you say to this person why you should join?
2: Yes, I'm in a similar situation where I was at school. We never had anyone come out from um, the Air Force or any other of the the forces to come out and explain to us the process. So for me, it was a very new experience um, and from that perspective, it's quite daunting because you don't always know what you're you're getting into or what what to expect. Um, I would recommend if it is something that interests you, have a look on the websites. There's a lot of information and resources on the website Defence, Correct, on the RAF website as yeah. well as the Defence Force Recruiting. So there's excellent information that explains um, the different jobs and the recruiting process. There's actually a really good um, webpage on Defence Force Recruiting that explains the process from start to finish uh, to help give you an understanding of what to expect. Um, the Air Force page also covers the different bases and where you can be posted um, and covers a few of the different units and aircraft. So it does help you to form a base understanding of what's involved in the Air mm. Force.
1: And I'll understand if you can't answer this question, mm-hmm. but in your role, uh, for all of the personnel that we access at Williamtown, you have to give us approval. What kinds of things do you have to look to before you say, yes, Mr. or Miss X can be interviewed? What, what, what are the, what's the process?
2: Yeah, I guess, so this is all only new to me as well. So I posted into this position for public affairs in January of this year. Um, So when we look for people who will be good for um, media involvement, we look at people that are enthusiastic, um, that want to share their experiences, want to talk about what they've um, done through their career. Um, We look for people that um, I think we discussed earlier about having a a bit of a spark. Um, So someone that just can you know deliver their story in an exciting way um, and deliver messages um, to our listeners
1: yeah. I'm glad you approved you to talk to us today <laughs> you <laughs> to can <laughs> <laughs> well, no,
2: I can confirm I did have higher you know people above you certainly did it
1: but looking looking to the future Brahman I mean you PCO, you're a flying officer at the moment. What is your hoped for career path with RAAF?
2: Yeah, so quite often that's a question where people say, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Where do you see yourself in ten years' time? Well, uh,
1: answer that question. Yeah. Then.
2: I and I have always found this really challenging to ask because I'm not necessarily a planner. Uh, sorry, a challenging to answer because I'm not necessarily a planner. I always say I see myself taking opportunities as they come. I'm a real advocate for Um, taking as opportunities present themselves to look at it and go, you know what, is this something I want to take? And actually this job was very much one of those opportunities which I didn't expect uh, and it came up and I am so happy thankful that I took it so in 10 years time five years time I don't know where I see myself well definitely in 10 still in or five years time you will be
1: doing something different because isn't that's that right. isn't that the, the mechanism on which the RAAF works you don't stay in the same job for the whole career
2: that's correct yeah so different musterings or, or different jobs uh, have different lengths of time in that particular job uh, certainly in my uh, position so PCO we will change jobs every about every three years and there's a few areas where we can work as a PCO so definitely each posting as a PCO is different
1: A lot of the people we've spoken to tell me that they've been to the United States or they've been Mm. to Canada to work with their respective air forces. Is that something that a person has to apply for or is that someone that people above you recommend you for or is it both?
2: Yeah, a bit of both. So quite often um, expressions of interest will come out and people can put their hand up to essentially volunteer for those sorts of um, opportunities as well as people will be identified as being good candidates um, and of course presented with this opportunity. Mm so it's definitely a bit of both.
1: Would you like some time to work with either Canada or the United States?
2: Absolutely F? absolutely yeah that's definitely something I do look forward to doing so maybe that's how I answer where I see myself in five years time <laughs> hopefully doing an oh, exchange I'm program. I'm giving <laughs> career choices
1: here Bronwyn. Yeah. Um, have you been up in a plane?
2: I have been, yes. I've been very fortunate. Um, I did get to go up in a PC-21 at my previous unit at Central Flying School. Um, had an absolute blast and thought, how lucky am I? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, at le- if you're not a pilot, at least you can still That's right. get to be piloted <laughs> in the plane. Um, I the, the The command process within the Air Force, it strikes me that looking at the various people I've spoken to, that Comparing 1960 to 2020 the the whole process of relationships between those above you and those below you has changed mm-hmm. how would you describe the command structure in 2021's RAAF
2: yeah I would say it definitely has changed I from my experiences have found that there's a lot of mutual respect that goes both up the chain and down the chain Um, so of course we do address our senior officers in the respect that they deserve like calling them sir or ma'am we still um, observe you know, saluting and um, a few other traditions but there certainly is that sense of we work together as a team so regardless of your rank you're all here to achieve the same mission Mm -hmm. Um, you all have your place in the chain of command, but there certainly is that mutual respect for each other.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. And what about the camaraderie across the for, the defences, Army, yeah. Navy, Air Force?
2: Yeah, so the camaraderie is definitely something that appealed to me and um, was part of my motivation for joining. So there is this instant bond between people that are in defence force. So you see another member in uniform and you go, hey, that's one of mine. <laughs> so You, you have this instant... become friends. Yeah, correct. That's right. That's yeah. right.
1: Uh, how important... Has ANZAC and Remembrance Day been to you in your life?
2: Yeah, so I as a kid remember getting up and um, going to watch the parade and I was quite fortunate as a child whereas the parade used to go right out the front of my house. Um, so I definitely have memories of that. Where was this? Um, in Bungendore. So I grew up in Bungendore in New South Wales. So a small country town just out of Canberra.
1: <laughs> yeah. Look, Broman, your career is qu- how
2: many years again? So I've been in the air force for three years. Three years. Yeah. Yes. Three years.
1: You've achieved a, a significant <laughs> amount of quality and background in only three years. Mm. So five years ahead, you've got you've got a whole wonderful future ahead. That's
2: right. Yeah. Very exciting career to if if I can base the last three years.
1: <laughs> I've got to say, I know you're the PCO. I know you're a flying officer, but you, you're a joy to talk to because. You are so young in the Air Force. I don't mean by age. I mean only three years. Still very junior. So, well, yes, you are very junior, but you exude so much confidence and so much uh, charisma that you are an incredible ambassador (laughs) for the RAAF. And I wish you, the RAAF would send you to various high schools to talk about a career in the Air Force because I think the student body would relate to you immediately. One for your age, two for your enthusiasm, and three for your knowledge. It's been an absolute pleasure, Broman. Thank you for being here today.
2: Uh, thank you so much, appreciate your time.
1: Globally, the RAAF has between 500 and 700 people on operations every day contributing to coalition operations, peacekeeping and humanitarian and disaster relief. The RAAF takes pride in its service. It has a history of endeavor and sacrifice, which is won in a place in the hearts of all Australians and a position of respect among the armed services of all Australia's allies. The RAAF will never tarnish its record. It carries on in the proud tradition of Per Adua and Astra.
0: This is a series of podcasts recounting the personal stories of veterans and their families produced by Air Force Association New South Wales, which is a registered charity that focuses on the well-being of Air Force veterans and their families. If you would like to donate funds to help us with this important work, you can search Air Force Association New South Wales in Google and go to our website.